Hi, I'm Chris Marie. I'm so glad you're listening. In conflict, do you ever walk on eggshells, avoid sharing your honest opinion, or even hesitate to say no? Well, no more. Susan and I created a speak up kit just for you. It's an easy to use, proven step-by-step process to find your voice and reduce your stress. To learn more, go to thriveinc.com forward slash speak up. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash S-P-E-A-K-U-P. Hi, Chris Marie here. This is a unique episode because on January 21st, Susan B. Clark's book, Crazy, Cracked, Warm and Deep, released into the into the world. And so we did a book launch, both virtual and in person. And what is following is the virtual book launch. Enjoy. I'm Chris Marie Campbell. Most of you know me, but not all. And I'm married to Susan Clark. I've known her for 20 some odd years, 24 years, something like that. And so what you need to know about Susan before we get into crazy cracked form and deep is Susan is a business coach, a relationship coach, an Equus coach. And she's worked with Fortune 100 companies like AT&T, Microsoft, the San Francisco Giants for the last 20 years partnered with me. She's the author of two previously published books, The Beauty of Conflict for Teens, The Beauty of Conflict for Couples. She co-hosts a podcast, The Beauty of Conflict. So she is a very accomplished woman in her own right in her career. And this process of writing her memoir has been a longstanding process. You're going to hear her talk more about that. And so I just thought I would give my frame on crazy, cracked, warm, and deep. Because Susan, this came to, the title of the book came to Susan over a decade ago in a meditation. And it's now, it's an actual thing. And when when I think of crazy, cracked, warm, and deep, and Susan, you know, when the crazy piece, what we all, when we experience trauma, there's a, it's an experience that overwhelms our capacity to respond in that moment. And it can be a shattering process for the psyche. And that shattering process, if there isn't someone around who can help us feel our feelings, digest the stories, and put it into a cohesive narrative, you know, we're just stuck with trying to put the pieces back together the best way we can. And Susan had experienced, as a child, experienced at the hands of a camp director, a lot of violent trauma, sexual trauma, And I just imagine this little Susan, little Susie, putting these pieces together by herself. And the image I have, Mm -hmm. I just imagine like a Picasso painting that's cut up into all these pieces. And imagine a little kid trying to make sense of it. And I just imagine this little Susie all alone trying to duct tape these pieces back together and, and now put it in a sphere. And it's, it's like this little kludgy sense of self. And we feel crazy when we do that. And it's not just Susan who's done this. I have trauma. Anybody who's experienced trauma, we do the best way, especially if we're not talking about it. And then we grow up and it's like we have this kind of crazy cut up piece of sense of self and then we're growing up. And then until something happens, another crisis that maybe it's a failure at work, maybe it's a relationship ending or a death or a fatal illness that Susan had at 24. She was given six months to live with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And that crisis moment, if we hurry and try to put the pieces back together again, we're putting again together that crazy ball where we feel, oh my God, I don't feel normal. I don't, 
you know, I'm just trying to do the best I can and try to make it. But Susan took that opportunity, that crack as an opportunity to be curious about these pieces. And rather than shoving them all back together as soon as she could, like looking at these pieces and saying, hmm, and feeling about them, she went to Haven, which many of you know, a personal and professional development center up in Haven, Canada, gave her the space and the container to look at those pieces and see how she wanted to put them together as an adult and create more of a full sense of herself. And that leads to a sense of warm. So I've done crazy, the crazy ball cracked the opening, if you can use it as an opportunity. And then warm is that place where you start to put the pieces back together in, the, in a space and go, oh, this is me and this fits and this feels right. And I have a sense of self-acceptance and compassion for what I've been through, which then leads to deep, which is the ability to actually have deeper fulfilling relationships at a deeper level. Now I'm saying this like it's a linear process. <laughs> this is a lifelong process and it's iterative. And I can even see Susan now have an experience where she thinks, oh my God, I'm crazy, a stressful experience. And then actually having her own, taking ownership of her own cracking process by breathing and feeling and talking about it and digesting it, and then figuring out how she wants to put the pieces together and then going back and having a deeper conversation. And it's what makes her so good at working with people who feel crazy or not normal, or I'm never going to be enough, or I've got to be perfect. And that happens both in the personal realm and the business realm with which we, we work with business leaders and teams, but it makes her, Susan, I think you have such a capacity to hold for other people in that place where I don't feel like I'm okay. I feel like I'm broken and helping the person, helping me find a way to put the pieces back together that fit for me. So that's a little bit about crazy, cracked, warm, and deep from my from the bleacher seats over here. And I did a, a good job staying away from creating or forming this. That's why there's so many people on this Zoom who have been a part of this process. <laughs> Jackie, Sonia, Jane. Oh my gosh, so many people. So Susan, do you want to take this opportunity now just to read a little bit? And then we'll hear from some people who were a part of your process. And then we'll also have Q&A. Okay. Thank you, Chris Marie. You know, what I love is she takes something I write and synthesizes it into like a perfect way to work with it. That's great. I hope you followed that because that would be your path for doing some of the same thing. Anyway, I, one thing I, in, in my reading of what I was supposed to talk about at lunch, it did say I should have the why, why I wrote this book. Now, the irony about that is that this book, you know, when something has been in process for like, I think over 30 years, the why changes. So there was a time probably when I first started writing where there was a lot of this was prose. It was, it really literally was the, how I was making sense of what seemed crazy. And as I'm telling you this, why I might just share a couple pieces to give you a little flavor, because I actually, when I put the book together, I mean, this is not a big book, but, but the amount of effort and time it took me to put the pieces together and Actually, all the way at the very end, I decided that what it really needed was the prose to kind of anchor things. So that prose from 30 years ago ended up being sort of pieces that got put in. So I thought I'd share one of them with you today to kind of give you an example of the book from that standpoint. And so this was maybe the why 30 years ago, and you'll see that there's some similarities. So this is called My Words Drip, like blood splashed on paper, my words drip. 
scars open and bleeding, transformed in prose. There is always anxiety, a deep stirring inside my being, reminding me that I am not asleep. Colors bright, purple, green, black, and gold, alive and pulsing. My being communicates through words written on a page, flowing without thought or judgment, sometimes sweet and sentimental, sometimes filled with rage, blood red, pouring out onto the page. My inner core is much different than my exterior. I try to bring more color to my page, but at times the fear prevails. I am left standing and silent, only the prose to speak of the passion, the pain. I know that I am only able to live with the paradox on the paper. So I write, I write, and I write, reading only when my courage is great, willing to learn of my parts as though reading from a novel, integrating them when I'm ready, passing the words and the songs into life to be sung, to be heard, and to be honored. So that gives you a little flavor of what this was like in the beginning. And that I kind of spread throughout it. But as time went on, what I realized is the writing, I really believe stories, when they become too fixed, when they become too held, it's like they become facts. And stories should not be facts. They should be fractals. And if you read the book, you're going to learn more about what I think fractals are, which are repeating patterns in nature. And for me, my stories have become that. They're the things that have allowed me to keep living. And as I live them, I, they alter, they shift, they change. And for me, that you know, I did put this together. So there are some solid pieces. You'll also hear quite early on that don't expect it to be linear. Don't expect to have all of your questions answered. And expect there to be a little bit of like, what the hell? Or something. And that's good. Because I don't know about you, but I think the people, the readers who I think will appreciate this book, are. I'm hoping they might be like me. And for whatever reason, they've been waiting to perfect the story, to fix the story, to make it, you know, something other than something with duct tape all over it. And maybe sometimes the best way to share a story is with all of its cracks. So this book, now don't worry too much. It has been edited. So it's not like got all of its cracks. It's actually had some wonderful hands and hearts and people helping me to make sure that it, it does come to life so that it's, it's not just the chaotic mess that can sometimes be in my head. And with that said, I would like to kind of, there are a couple of people that I'd love if they are interested in saying anything to say something. Because, oh, one other piece I want to add. What I love most about this book is it has been the connecting. My writing has always been the way I've learned how to connect. I had lost that. I had armored up, totally lost that. And it's been through my words and writing and through Haven and various other places that I learned to connect. And this book has continually sharing those stories and sitting with other people who share their stories with me. That is the most powerful, heartfelt connection I think there is. And I really value that. And this book has brought me back, connected me to people that I hadn't connected to in a long time. And one of them is, uh, two of them actually, they're sitting there together. But I want to point, I want to talk to Jackie first because Jack, I reached out to Jackie. Bill and I go way back. We actually did 
wow, phase. We like come alive together. We go way back. And Jackie wrote a beautiful book and I knew she was a writer and I asked for her help in pulling some of these pieces together. And so what was one of the biggest blessings of this, aside from the support, was that I got reconnected to her. And I did just, okay, so once again, I'm kind of going off script. I know I have, I also, there's another person who's on the call who has to go very shortly. So Jackie and Bill can, I hope you can hold on for one minute (laughs) because the other person who was like a huge person in this process is Sonia Allaire, who was the very first person who had the guts to say, I have these 10 chapters. Do you think this could be a book? And I sent it to her and she was actually like, you, it could be a book now. Now, actually, I think that was eight years ago. So it did take a while, but, <laughs> but, but I did. I just so appreciate that you came today. And I don't know whether, and I know you have to go. So I, you know, if you, if there's anything you'd like to share, cause you've been a reader, you've, you, you know, kind of helped to give me some courage early on in the actual book book process. So, well, you know, I always want to talk. So, (laughs) (laughs) and to talk about you, Susan, is like the best thing ever. Well, I really, we were helping each other in writing. And I I just remember you sending those pages and really believing that it absolutely could be a book right then. And I remember you saying, but it's so disjointed and it's, you know, it's just not in order and a memoir should start from the beginning. And and I thought, well, why? (laughs) Especially if you're a person who doesn't think that way, what difference does it make? You know, let us in in the middle or, or whatever. And I just remember having so much faith in you and faith in your stories and I know you say you connected through writing because you'd armored up and stuff, but I, I would argue that you connected to yourself pretty early because I remember you telling me when you were going through cancer treatment, you decided to do it like an athlete and you just put on your shoes every day and feel like if you got, if you got your shoes on, you know, that was a great day rather than fighting this cancer, you were just going to be an athlete about it. And I just remember thinking you are remarkable and connected to parts of yourself and resilience that a lot of us don't find or connect to for a long time. And one of the pieces of writing advice that you gave to me when I was stuck was, I was like, oh, I fucking hate this book right now and I can't keep doing it and it's so miserable. I gotta talk to that part of myself that's so resistant. And you're like, I think you need to talk to the part of yourself that loves the book and loves to write and thinks the writing's the best thing in the world. And I think of that every time I sit down to write and I don't want to, which is every time I sit down to write. And it's the best, (laughs) advice I ever got. And I, and, and you took it for yourself. You said, I guess I'm going to talk to the person who loves to write and whether they write in a circular way or a linear way or in prose or in, it doesn't matter. I'm going to access that person. And I'm just, I'm just so proud that it almost makes me teary. And I've, I've found you an inspiration every single time I write every single time I write for the way that you wrote this book and the way that you write and just the way you show up in the world, Susan, it's very touching to me. So I'm very excited to have been a part of this because I don't know that it could be better than what I read those eight years ago, but I'm excited to find out when I get it. (laughs) Thank you, Sonia. Thanks for joining today. So exciting. All right. Okay. So now we can go to Jackie and Bill. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so I think I already gave you your intro and you can say more, but Jackie's book is actually, well, I don't need to say that, but it's a wonderful book. So I, yes. So thank you to both as friends as, as mentor in writing and yeah, I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm just so excited for this day and for you, Susan, and to, to get to have been a part of it has really, really been for me such a gift. The connection with you, the connection with Chris Marie, and you know, having built you just all of that. I have to confess that when you first came to, you know, contacted me and said, you know, would you be up for maybe helping me with looking at this or figuring this out? I was kind of like, because I've had people ask me, I've worked with people before, and there are a couple of things that can happen. One of them is the work just isn't very good. And having to, to, you know, I mean, that's okay. That's always, there's always places to work with that and move forward. I mean, that's, that's okay. But, but just like, ah, it's hard when it's a friend and, you know, how do you, how do you do that? And how much work am I going to have to do? And so there's that piece of it. And then there was like, will she really do it? Which, duh, it's Susan Clark. (laughs) (laughs) Of course she will. But, you know, I think I've had also had people come to me with, you know, kind of some, some work done, but then not really follow through any further. And you did. And so there are two pieces. I, started reading your your work and was blown away by one the the structure the unstructured structure you'd created the idea the idea about fractals which is such a beautiful metaphor for what you're doing and for understanding why this is not a linear book and metaphor and memory are not linear so memoir shouldn't necessarily be linear. It doesn't have to be. So it was really powerful both to read it, to see, oh, this doesn't actually need that much work, but then to give you feedback and have you go away and come back and just be like, wow, she just took that stuff right in and turned it around and, you know, worked and worked. So it's really an honor to get to work with someone who does that. And then to to see, you know, when your when your book arrived, to see, like to hold it in my hands, to know what you put into it. And also, I just want to say about the line that you read about, so I write, I write, I write, reading only when my courage is great. I think this is one of the hardest things about writing in general, but writing memoir, especially if you want to put it out into the world, is you have to read your story over again and again and again and look at it and both look at it as your own, here I'm taking it in, but also other people are gonna see this. And how do I sit with that? And I know that for you, that that was part of this process is what is this gonna be like to put this out into the world? And I hope that you are very proud of what it is and that you now let it be in your reader's hands and they make it the story that they need it to be. So thank you so much for letting me be involved. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think Bill wants to say something. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to echo also. I'm so glad that this book brought you and Chris Marie back into our lives again, back into our home. So that in itself is, is a blessing. I also want to share that I just feel a real connection to everybody on the screen here through Susan. And isn't that wonderful that she does bring people together? And it's like... If you like Susan, then I think I have something in common with all of you because I sure do. And so that connection that's here right now is actually just phenomenal. The thing that took out for me, Susan, in your book, when you when your manuscript, is the very first sentence. What you need to know about me is I don't finish my sentences. And I thought to myself when I read that, who starts a book like that? Nobody starts a book like that except Susan Clark. And what was so refreshing about it, it, it was... It, 
that I just told you half of the sentence, so I'm doing what you do. I didn't even finish the sentence. <laughs> you just are you all the time. How could you? Of course, that's how Susan's going to start a book. That's how Susan lives her life. This is who I am. This is how I'm going to start the book. What you need to know about me, you're always going to find out because I'm always going to tell you. It was all encapsulated in a half a sentence. So <laughs> I knew right then I'm going to love this book because I know there's going to be more of that in there. There's going to be more about you in there. It's going to be open, honest, authentic. And so anyway, it was a, just a treat to read your manuscript. And thank you for giving me the opportunity or value that I might have some feedback. And also to watch you and Jackie work together through this process, to kind of be in the background. I'd be in another part of the house and I would be listening to you. And so there was an involvement there. And one final thing, Chris Marie, I'm so glad that I got to see more of you. And so I hope that continues. So thank you, Susan. Great job. Love you. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I got to tell you, just even this moment in hearing the way what you said about connecting, that is why I wrote the book. And I do want to say one other really important piece. Now, some of you see this cover, right? Do you love? I mean, this imagery speaks to me in so many ways. And what I want to say is the artist who gifted me her work is also on the call today. And, and some of you know her already, but some of you do not. But I want to tell you a little bit about Sue Mirhead before I get let her talk, is that we go way back too. She was in the very first Come Alive I ever led with actually Bill Hollis, who you were just listening to. We have had a connection over all the years and her art inspires me because it is to me, a representation of fractals of life, of living, of fullness. And so when I asked her if there was a chance I could use some of her art, and she said, yes, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the cover that I want. So, and then I was so worried because I did not do the right thing, apparently in accrediting her, but I acknowledged her, but I, I guess I, maybe I could have done. But I, what I love about Sue, she was like, no, I gifted it to you. We're good. And I was like, okay, oh, thanks, Chris Marie. But I just love her and I love who she is and that she was willing to give me this permission for many reasons. So she joined today. And Sue, I'd love if you want, would love to hear from you. If you want to say something, that'd be great. <laughs> I'll take a breath first. <laughs> oh, that's always a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I think I just feel honored that you asked because I think in so many ways we align in our ways of being. When you said in your talk just now, people will say something like, what the hell? <laughs> they will often respond to my or my creative expression in the same kind of way, like, what the hell? It's it's definitely not linear, not, it, it's just an expression of what's going on. And that's, I felt that with you from the first time we met, that we have this connection. It's deep, it's crazy, it's cracked, <laughs> it's wild, uh, warm. I always wanna say wild, but it's warm and wild and deep. And yeah, it just made sense to me that uh, you could choose whichever one you wanted to use because it is about connection. And I think your book speaks volumes about how we are as humans in the world. And I read your draft. I thought it's so brave and courageous, which I think you are too. And yeah, the idea of putting it out there and then 
having people read it and sit with that. And I saw you on Facebook with your family and I thought, wow, this is something that you're sitting there and bringing things more out into the open. And the fact that it took that long to write speaks to me about the honesty in it and the, the heart and soul. So I feel honored that my art's on the front. I really feel that it connects with the way that you express. We do it in different ways, but it is about connection. And I celebrate you today. And that you have all these lovely people, many of whom I know, celebrating with you. Because it's a big, courageous thing to do. Mm. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could be together in person where we could just sing and dance (laughs) and do all that stuff. But thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank Mm. you, Sue. Thanks for coming on. So now there are a couple other people who I would love to just point out. And I also want to make sure that I acknowledge a couple things about this. You mentioned my family. And actually, there is a little bit of my family on the call today. And I did, I'm not putting my sister on the spot because, you know, because, but she's here and I love that she's here. And, but the person I am going to put on the spot a little bit, if she's willing, I believe she's here. Oh, there she is, is my, (laughs) my niece, Carolina, who actually, I did have some fear of what I don't, I want to make sure someone in my family reads this book and has a way, it might be Carolina's phone. She's kind of a busy person. So, but okay. Anyway, I asked her to read it for number of reasons. But I also one of them is because she is part of the family. And I wanted someone to read it who would be like, oh, my God, you can't do this. You know, I don't know what I was expecting, but she was a wonderful reader. So Carolina, she is a chef. Carolina, if you listen to our podcast, you will have learned more about her. It was on yesterday. But right now she's at the Sundance Film Festival cooking, but joined us live for the book launch. So Carolina, just wanted to ask you if you have any words. She's all masked up and everything. How perfect is that? No, I'm gone. <laughs> well, I've, I've taken a minute to step away. I'm breaking down chicken breasts if anybody's interested in food <laughs> or butchery. So it gives a little context. I was thinking as others were talking, the thing that stood out to me most was, I think it was Bill, sorry, I've been ha- had to double task, said the greatest thing about being on this call is kind of meeting the other people who have put the energy into this, who know Susan and knowing that connection and that beauty. And the flip side of that is that I am part of a biological family that has caused a lot of harm and generational trauma, you know, has to stop here. And so I didn't learn much of Susan's story and the trauma that she experienced until late in my teenage years. And wasn't, you know, didn't know how to appropriately engage, didn't know if I could ask questions, didn't know if I should ask questions. And that's kind of been the biggest thing that's come up. I just got to spend last weekend with Chris, Marie and Susan and being welcomed in to read about her story and reflect on it is an honor because it's, it's effed up, you know, like, and I have to be a part of changing that. So when I read the book, Susan asked me afterwards, she's like, you know, but well, obviously the family detail is a big part. And I'm kind of like, screw it, man. Memoir is all you. Like whatever the family, however the family responds, whatever. And also then as I read the book, I was like, oh, this, you know, if they're offended, that's definitely on them. Or if they are unsettled by this, I felt like it was a pretty mild thing. But afterwards, Susan said, you know, like, should should I go through with this? I saw a version of the book that was like pretty close, I think, to publishing just, I don't know, four or five months ago. And to me, the more people that will share their story, 
the more we can change the world. And so I just think it's incredibly courageous and really cool to share. I mean, I, I'm honored. I feel like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so close to this. And I, that was the other hard thing. I kind of had to keep a secret for several months because I didn't want to be the one who contribute, you know, then there's always a little competition in the family, you know, three girls, you can imagine Susan and her sisters. Um, and I am the daughter of one of them. So yeah, I just, I'm amazed entirely. And now I have a copy in my hands because I got to see them and it's just really an honor to be a part of it. So congratulations. Thank you, Carolina. Thank you for showing up today too. And you know, the other person who was a reader who I just want to give a big shout out to. And because what I, I just want to say something about this reader, because first off, she's a very smart reader. Bill was also a reader. Apparently, I don't know that Bill got the smart category. As in our, Actually, I'm just teasing you, Bill. But, you know, <laughs> you know there's times when you want to give it to people. And so this person is someone who is just incredibly brilliant in her own right. She also is, she's a director. She's an actor. She does so much in her world. Anyway, I'm not going to say more, but Jane, I just, I'm so glad you showed up today. And if you have any comments as a reader that you want to share, I'd love to hear them. So, you know, Jane Giesman. Oh, yes. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Thank you for saying that. Did you say brilliant or did I mishear? (laughs) Yeah, I did say brilliant. I did. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. Um, First of all, I was just so honored that you let me read your draft. I think that's a, I just feel like it's a very intimate thing to ask of someone. And so thank you for that. I loved the book and I'm actually really eager to read this again without a proofreader approach as I did before. For those of you who don't know me, I spent 22 years as a a court reporter, you know, that little machine taking down testimony in depositions and trials and so on for a long time. And a big part of that job was proofreading the transcript before you would submit it to the attorneys and the court. It had to be as perfect as possible. And because I did that for so many years, I tend to kind of proofread everything. It, it just, it, I can't help myself. I look for comma placements, semicolons. And so when I you didn't asked, know we were getting into all of that. I know you did not actually. know what you were getting get from me. <laughs> you know, it was like I had a gajillion punctuation notes. <laughs> and, and I was worried when I didn't hear back from you, like really, really, really fast, like what, you know, brilliant uh, corrections, Jane. And I thought I'd over overdone it, overstepped, but I guess not, right? I mean, it was, it was okay. I'm going to be checking the punctuation again. Oh, oh, oh wow. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I, I can't actually say whether I incorporated everything you said. So. Well, I'll let you know. Well, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> okay, I did help on that. We did, we did incorporate. Good, good, okay. good, good. <laughs> but I don't know, Susan, I just love you so much. And you, you've been such an important player in my life. And the courage it takes to write a memoir, I mean, Jackie Hollis, there you go, courage, beautiful work. And now Susan, I learned a lot about you I didn't know. And I I always like that when I'm in a relationship with somebody is, is learning more and more about you. And I thought you did a wonderful job with this. And I want to say about the, the book itself, first of all, Sue Muirhead, oh my gosh, this is just a wonderful painting here. 
And I love the cover. I love how the words, you know, what you pitch and how it's, I just like the design. And also it feels really good. It's got a really cool kind of tactile feeling. <laughs> You'll do this too when you get your copy. It, you just can't help yourself. It's, it's a nice size. I love the font so much that you use. So there's a, what's the word? A kind of a kinetic tactile experience, which is you. It's so you, Susan, because you're not just words and intellect. You're also just a real tactile feeling in your body, athletic person. And so this whole package here is congruent with you, which I find rather remarkable. Anyway, I'm really happy to be here. I'm glad it happened at a time where I could attend and I could see all your wonderful faces. Some of you I don't know and many of you I know, and it's just such a treat to spend some time with you. So thank you for putting this together, Chris, Marie, and Susan, really. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jane. I love, I love how you do that. That actor, <laughs> you know, who would have thought, you know, <laughs> Now, I, in a moment, I'm going to, Chris, Mary, are you sending me a message? Just tell me out loud. <laughs> oh, I think okay. you read, read, okay. read a piece. So people that. Just so you get a, a different flavor than just the. Um, so I think I'm going to, do you agree? I want Botox. Botox. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You can tell we've had some talking about what to share. So this is a piece called I want Botox. I want Botox, the little girl is screaming. Deep inside, I do too. I totally get her desire to take away the ugly scars, the wrinkles, and the angry lines. Traces of a face that was designed to keep everyone away. Whenever the world presents me with uncertainty and I'm forced to wrestle with intense thoughts or feelings, my face hardens. Deep ridges have formed between my eyebrows from all that frowning. There are grooves etched under my eyes that readily narrow into slits. My mouth now naturally curves downward, even when I'm relaxed. People are always wondering if I'm angry or upset. The muscles don't really lift into a smile unless I laugh, (laughs) which apparently changes everything. My color returns, my eyes twinkle, and I have a dimple that naturally comes out. But most of the time, my face is unreadable, an unreadable mask, often interpreted as angry or intense, opaque, someone once called it hard to understand and impenetrable. My face reflects the ongoing work of living with my choices. I picked a life that protected me from remembering things that were too painful. But no matter how much work I've done from the inside out, the reflection in the mirror still shows the strategy of one that doesn't want to be touched. The leftover lines of someone trying desperately to be tough, strong, and distant. Oh, how I sometimes wish I could be Barbie. Beautiful, flawless, with a face that shows no trace of a life hard lived. Brene Brown is one of my heroes. I listened to her TED talk about vulnerability. She gave me the language to understand myself. But then I saw her being interviewed by Oprah. She looked more like a model than a researcher. I doubt I'm being fair to Brene Brown. It's just that she looks so happy, relaxed, and at ease. Could the person behind the beautiful face really understand what I've been through? My heart aches. I want Botox. No wonder that little girl screams for Botox or a facelift, something that would erase the wrinkles on my face, something that would let the world know that the past is simply part of a rich landscape, not who she is now. Something so that people would no longer see the crazy, angry one who isn't soft, 
because the caring that is so vast inside isn't obvious to the world outside. And that too stabs at my heart sometimes. Of course, the people who see my face don't know my stories, how I was raped by the beloved camp director when I was four, the man who told the authorities, best not to listen to her wild story. She has quite an imagination, that little girl. How he sealed my silence by killing a litter of puppies in front of me, telling me it was my fault because I had threatened to expose him. Unable to speak of my pain, I punched a hole in the wall. When I got home and was ordered to a doctor for anger issues, he gave me drugs that numbed everything but did nothing to stop the violation and the pain inside me. I survived by keeping people away. I took on as many personas so no one would know what I cared about because they could get hurt. I was masterful at hiding until I got cancer. Suddenly, my body was a mess of scars and contradictions that forced me to stop lying and remember. The cancer was going to be my way out. Instead, it was my path in. Many times, I was only willing to talk about my painful past because I was planning on dying. But then another wrinkle, I survived. I was stuck living with the nightmares and the stories. Oh, to be able to take a pill or surgically recover the youth and innocence I gave up just to stay alive. It would be great if it were that easy. I want Botox, the little girl screams once more. I simply sit next to her, waiting for the wailing to stop. I can wait, I am here, no Botox, no surgery, here with all the lines and wrinkles of the past. Here now, finally, I'm ready to tell her story, my story. So the book is weaved pieces like that. There's also, there are some funny parts. I promise it's not like, you know, there's the story of taking my dad's ashes back with my mom. Quite, we, that was the one I read with my sisters and we laughed. So it was pretty rich to be able to share some of that. So anyway. Are you open if, if anybody has any questions or comments or just even wants to share their experience of you, oh, even sure. if you didn't get to pre-read the manuscript um, yes, and you, um, so I just want to open it up. Not that we prepared you. So you might be like, I don't know what I want to say, but we just want to open the space. Thanks to Anne. I see the comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone, anyone. Okay. Okay. Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> Even though I spoke, I have a question for you. Susan. What, okay. how, how would you describe your writing process? Huh. Well, you know, it's interesting. That's, that's a good question. Writing for me is, I, there is a piece in here about why I write, which actually explains a little of it because writing has been a way that I can actually let myself feel. It's like when Chris Marie was describing crazy, cracked, cracked, a big part of how I crack is when I decide to write something because I have a lot of emotion that is sometimes hard to get out. But when I start to write about something, I give myself permission to express if I'm outraged, if I'm angry at myself, if I'm sad, if, you know, and the words somehow begin usually get me in my body. And I actually often cry because crying is the thing that I do not very well. A big cry for me is a tear running down my face. And so when I write that, that softens and the cracks and I actually feel way, feel much more. And so I use writing all the time and sometimes it's prose and sometimes it's a story. And sometimes this, you know, what I notice when I write is that what I'd been fixed and stuck in starts to loosen and move. And it's not this. And when I share it, that really happens. It changes my relationship to the stuck story. So, and I've had like the irony is, you know, Chris Marie, we were talking with Carolina and Chris Marie would say to me, did that make the book? And I'm like, 
No, I don't think that made the book. So there's tons of things that never made the book. And you know, that's probably part of the writing process. But in some respects, it's like, okay, that's all right. That's not really the point to have it all make the book. And so I, but I don't write in a linear fashion, even crazy, cracked, warm and deep. You, you might be, if you're expecting a beginning, middle and end, it's not quite like that. So that's just all I can say. (laughs) Thanks. Any other questions, feel free if you have them, or if not, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that too. Or even comments, it doesn't have to be. Uh... And Gemma says in the, I'll, I'll read it out loud. Gemma's expressing her delight for you, Susan, and your generosity to scale your powerful presence into offering your book for the world to receive. You and Chris Murray were the most beneficial leadership guides back to myself in my Haven phase one in 2008. I can't wait to read your read you and see how your light will illuminate in this bigger adventure. And Jocelyn says, you own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people want you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. And Lamont. I love that <laughs> quote, Jocelyn. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I know it can be intimidating to kind of break the ice and talk out loud since you haven't been talking about it. We love hearing from you. Yeah. So. I, I'd like to say something, Susan. Oh, it's Carol. Yes. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I haven't read the book. I've seen some excerpts. And I think I know Susan quite well and I have a lot of feelings. So I didn't know if I wanted to try to talk. Um, I love you a lot (laughs) and, and I respect you a lot. And I think that you have uh, an unbelievably high level of intelligence and integrity. (laughs) And so I've witnessed you over the years wrestle with and integrate so many things and synthesize different learnings from all different modalities and people's experiences and your own. I think you're kind of a miracle. <laughs> and and I appreciate being your friend. And I'm glad that you've written this. And I love Sue's cover, the, the artwork and just the whole thing. And I'm loving what people are saying. So I'm just really in my loving and I'm having tears. <laughs> Me too. I don't know if you can see it. But I, I thought so. <laughs> you know, you've seen. <laughs> yeah. I'll speak up. I, I, I'm really excited to see the book. I love the cover as well. I love Sue's artwork. So it's beautiful. And uh, I love the passage you read. I haven't got my book yet. I did pre-order. But my just experience of working with you, I know at times people can be intimidated by you, but I've always seen this loving person in those eyes so yeah I, I love I love the face <laughs> you know I see the warmth and the depth and, and the loving in your eyes and, and always have so yeah I, I'm excited to read the book and, and learn more about your experience and uh, love you, you too <laughs> you might have eyes like mine who knows you could <laughs> I just want to say I love what Carol and Joanne have just said and and I do think Susan that somehow the mask is softening. Sorry, bad news, you know, but there, when you're holding, there's little wrinkles that happen sometimes that get a clue. Anyway, just poking fun at you, but I love you to bits and really applaud your courage because, mm. and, and your determination just to lean in. Mm. So, and real testimony here of everything I've heard so far is just so beautiful. I'm so glad I'm here. And uh, my copy isn't here yet, but I'll be reading it as soon as it is. <laughs> Thanks. I kind of got the impression that the pre-order thing didn't really work for anyone to get them ahead of time, but so I 
But I don't know how that works. So I let that part I didn't have complete control over. So, you know, I, I, I do see they're on their way, though. So. Uh, just a, before a little plug, if you haven't gotten your book, you can get it on Amazon.com or Amazon.ca, I think, and Barnes and & Noble. And if you read it and like it, it would be great to do a review, but you can't say you know Susan because they'll take the review off. So you have to say it as if you're reading this magical book that you found. I want you to um, talk about the book, not about, I guess. I don't know how that works. Yeah. But. <laughs> it's but also, that on good, you can also write it on Goodreads, which is a whole different way. I did manage to get that up and available. So, you know, but yeah, any, the, I guess that the reviews matter, but mostly let me know what you think too feel free. I'd love to hear from you. So yeah, yeah, that would be. We're coming to the end of the hour. Susan, did you want to read anything else, a shorter piece or are, are you complete for that or any closing comments? Anybody else too, you can pipe up. I didn't mean to, you've got a burning chair. I just want to say I'm late to the party. I just met Susan a little while ago. <laughs> from the moment I did, I felt such kinship with her. I too am a survivor of the stage four cancer club and know what it's like to make the determination whether you're gonna check out or carry on. Susan, I just wanna say as people like you step forward and share stories, it provides permission for the rest of us to do the same. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for doing that. Lovely. I'm checking with you, Susan. Did you have oh, any other comments or anything you wanted to share? I do just want to put a plug in just for, you know, that there's a lot of this, like what you don't know about my, this isn't all about tragic things that happened in my family, but that some of this did fracture my family. And I just want to put a plug into the credit of my family for, there were years, 10 years of being totally fractured. And we eventually did get back together. And it was actually my sister who got me to Haven in the first place. And then eventually my family went to Haven. And what we got there was that, you know, this is where I really learned that you can either be relational or you can be right. And I have tried with, you know, we have a saying in my family that, you know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, which to my family's credit, and each of each one of them has dealt with this differently. And one of my, you know, I just don't want to put my sister on the spot or anyone in my family on the spot. But what I so loved was that when we shared these stories, we did, it wasn't about did this happen this way or did that happen this way? It was just us listening to each other and being able to hear what it was like. And that was really what I learned when my family came back together. And that's a piece in here too about, you know, I thought it was going to be about me telling my story and being heard. And what it really was about was me hearing them and having this compassion for, oh, wow, I, I didn't know that's what was going on for you. And because I didn't have to be right we could actually connect in all of the other aspects of who we were. And I think that's missing a lot of times these days because we've gotten very much into right, wrong, who did what, this, that. And I really think stories and sharing who we are is more important than trying to figure out or fix it to make it right. It's to listen and to be heard. That's how we're going to connect. And I really appreciated my family, my sisters for being able to reconnect with me. And I see Pin put in the comments, amen. So I, I thank you. And I just wanted to say that because that I think is 
really the most important thing. And I hope this book, if I, my dream is that, you know, someone will use it in their book club and it won't necessarily be about my stories, but it will get people talking about their crazy and their cracked and they will go warm and deep. So if that happens and you have that kind of book club, let me know. I would love to support it being used in that way because I think that's going to bring us more connected and whole. So that's my last plug. No college. <laughs> Thank you everyone for being here. It's, I can tell this is just so filling Susan up. And so I appreciate your time and your willingness to show up and support Susan and her stories and us. So thank you. You can come off mute and say bye. Yes. (laughs) Try coming off mute. I guess I can. Bye. 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 Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. We hope you found today's episode valuable. We know you're busy and we want to make it easy for you to understand how conflict may be showing up in a way that's impacting your team negatively. We recorded the first three chapters of our book for you to listen to for free. Get your free audio sample at thriveinc.com forward slash free sample. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C dot com forward slash F-R-E-E-S-A-M-P-L-E. 